Tonight here at GZM, we'll be continuing with our teachings along the steps. Tonight we'll be investigating and looking into step 11, which is that we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for the knowledge of His will and for the power to carry that out. You know, that it, it's so important that we realize that our conscious contact with God is such an important piece to our new life. You know, so often we we have a belief system and we turn to God when we need something. We turn to God when we're scared. We turn to God when things go wrong. We might thank Him every now and again when things go our way. But talking to Him on a daily basis begins to slide away from us when we start doing better in our lives. You know, and I believe that it's such an important piece to our relationship with God that we realize that we can never really rely on church on a Sunday. You know, I say it over and over again that if I was to rely on just church on a Sunday for my spiritual growth, I never would have made it. That an hour and a half on, on a Sunday is not enough for this person that sins every single day, has a corrupted mind, has a flesh that's pulling me you know, the wrong direction on a regular basis to be able to be in tune with God and allow my spirit to guide my steps. That it's so important that I'm spending time with Him. You know, that we have to prioritize our relationship with God because if we do not, if we say, well, I'll pray later or I'll get to it, well, I'll pray before I go to bed, most times we get tired and we don't do it. You know, that it's important that we're realizing that prayer is a, a very vital piece to our growth and our walk with God. You know, that so often we spend time trying to resist temptation or trying to overcome an addiction, and we spend a lot of time thinking about, I can't drink, I can't drink, I can't drug, I, I don't look at porn, don't look at porn, don't eat the cupcake, don't eat the cupcake. You know, and typically that thought stays in our mind, and, and we focus on the very thing that we don't want to be doing, and we truly become obsessed with the, the very thing that we're trying to get away from, so it really keeps us close. You know, I remember very clearly when God opened my eyes to the fact that I, I'm not trying to get sober. That sober is a symptom of the heart, just like addiction is a symptom of my heart. That when my heart is corrupted and I'm in pain and I'm not dealing with my life and I'm running from everything, I'm turning to outside resources to try to cope with pain. So when I start to get healthy, looking to God to, to fill this void on the inside of me, to fill me up, rather than resisting, I'm pressing in towards something greater. You know, that... All these years that I've been trying to get sober, and and I would get some time and fall back on my face, because at some point 
you have sobriety or you have victory in some area that you're trying to get get free from and you got a couple of months, you get six months, nine months, a year, and you just, our human nature is that we start coasting. That the pain of, you know, day one when we're trying to get free of said thing and the obsession that's in our mind when we're trying to get away from that time in our lives begins to fade away. You know, we begin to learn healthier coping mechanisms. We do do our step work and we start uprooting some things. But if we aren't pressing in and having this conscious contact and, and, and praying and meditating and, and, and learning about God, that if it's just about getting victory over one area of sin, that we begin to slip into other areas of sin. And then condemnation begins to creep in and when that self-will begins to take control, we find ourselves slowly, slowly, slowly moving back towards the very things that we were trying to get away from. And I remember that it clicked. You know, the Holy Spirit kind of opened my eyes in the sense that, that we're not trying to get free of said sin. We're trying to be Christ-like. You know, and if we're not spending time with Christ that we're not pursuing Him, that we're not truly trying to be like Him. We're just content that, that we're not in pain the way we used to be. And a lot of times we, we find ourselves slipping into areas of sin again, and then our need for God becomes very great. You know, that pain is an indicator that something's wrong. You know, and it's a healthy indicator. But if we're pursuing him on a regular basis, we begin to avoid a lot of the potholes that we used to find ourselves getting stuck in in the past. You know, you know, there's some words, you know, that we don't really, you know, use on a regular basis anymore. Sought is one of these words. To seek, to press into, to investigate. To learn about, you know, that to seek God is such an important piece to our puzzle because if we can get ourselves into His presence, more can happen in a moment in His presence than years of counseling, than years of meetings. That in a moment of hearing His voice, our brain can be completely rewired. That we, we know that He loves us. We know that He's here for us. We know that He is moving in our lives. It, it just completely changes our mindset, completely changes our paradigm. You know, there's times that He shows up. We're watching TV, we got the radio on, and all of a sudden tears start flowing down our, you know, our faces, and, and we just know that God's moving in the moment. For me, since I got saved, tears has been a huge indicator that that God's in the room. You know, there's times that, that people preach and it's not even what they're saying. It's that God's moving. And I start crying. You know, I've had judgment against guest speakers at times. I'm like, oh, I don't want to listen to this guy. And the second they start preaching, I start crying. I'm like, whoa. Okay, forgive me, Lord, for my judgment and my criticism. 
there's times that we're listening to music and all of a sudden it just tears start flowing. There's times that we're spending in, in prayer and and God just begins to move. You know, and, and tears have been an indicator for me. Laughter is another indicator. Sometimes, you know, we we get some holy laughters and we're laughing for no other reason that God's joy is moving. But for me, tears have been far greater and have been an indicator than than the laughter, but you get the tinglies, you get the, the hairs that stand up on the you know, your arm or the back of your neck. You feel that that presence begin to move. That if I'm not paying attention to God, those things don't happen. And we say we want God, we say we believe in God, we say we have faith in God, but we don't want to spend time with God. So it becomes about what we can get from God and not about who God really is. You know, And I've been guilty of this. I don't stand up here and, and, and say that, that I am free of not wanting stuff from God and, and not trying to pursue God so I can get what I want. Because He is the one that has it. And we plead with Him, God, move in this area of my life. God, I need this to happen. God, I want this to happen. And so often He withholds certain things from us at certain times because of His grace. Because we're not spiritually mature enough to handle something. And He knows if He handed it to us, it could destroy us. You know, and I've had to wrestle with him time and time again. But it's wrestling through prayer. That I have my my mind set on something and and it could be an absolutely good thing. And if I don't work that out in prayer, I'll run away from God. That I if I can't seem to get it from God, I'll go do it myself. And how many times have we tried that and it ends miserably, ends horribly? You know, and it's in those times of prayer and meditation that we begin to hear the voice of the Lord. That Jesus would get away from the disciples. He would get away from the masses and spend time with the Father. You know, as I read through the Gospels, I and I look at Jesus and what his spiritual warfare was, there wasn't any. He's not rebuking demons. He's not calling down angels. He's not pleading the blood of Jesus over himself. He's just walking in complete obedience to what he's hearing the Father tell him to do. And if I'm not spending time with God, then I I get confused and I don't know what's right from wrong. Now, we're not Jesus. So we don't hear him as accurately or as completely as holy as he could. But we also have the Word of God. And it's important that we're spending time in the Word of God, and it's important that we're spending time in prayer so that when we hear certain things, does it align with the Word of God? Because I've heard people say, well, this is God. And I'm like, that completely contradicts the Word of God. But this is God. I'm like, well, good luck. Let me see how this works out. And it ends horribly. And it's because we wanted what we wanted when we wanted it. And we forced something. 
But the awesome thing about God is that his love for us is always there. Every one of us in this room has made mistakes. Every one of us in this room has gone back into some sin that we didn't want to do anymore. Every one of us in this room has disobeyed God. But yet his love for us is true, and its mercy is new every morning. His grace is sufficient. He will never leave us or forsake us. That his love for us is true. That it's deeper and wider and greater than we could possibly understand. That he died for us yet before we ever knew who he was. Why we were still sinners. That his love for us reached out into our lives. Rescuing us from our own selfish craziness and our sin nature. That every one of us in here will make more mistakes. I guarantee it. But it's through the time that we spend in prayer that we make less mistakes. It's through the time that we spend in meditation that we hear Him more clearly. And we learn the stay aways and the go and do's. None of us will follow Him completely. You know, I read through the Psalms and David says, Teach me to do your will. If we're not spending time with God, how are we supposed to know to do His will? Carry a Bible and go to church? That's not typically His will for us. How can He use us in our families? How can He use us in our vocations? How can He use us in school? How can He use us in our community? How can He use us with our neighbors? How can He use us that we're supposed to go out into places and and be a light where people don't have lights? You know, I'm a firm believer that as someone who's been sober for a long time now, that my mission field is Alcoholics Anonymous. And I believe that that's many of us in here. That's where we should be going and saying, I'm free because of Jesus. And people are like, oh, you can't talk about Jesus in these rooms. I'm like, you told me to get a higher power. I now got one. And you're going to have to listen to me talk about the one I got. It's your fault that I got saved. If you didn't tell me I needed a higher power, I would have kept on being a miserable atheist and we would have both been happy. But no, now I got Jesus, and you're going to have to listen to me talk about him because he set me free. I am sorry, but this is the way this works. My experience, my strength, my hope. My experience is I was miserable. Now I got Jesus. Now I'm better. Have some. It's free. You know, and as we learn to share our testimony in little pieces with the people that are around us, they start to see that we're still jacked up. I'm not this perfect, pious Christian that I have it all figured out. And hear me, hear me, I'm coming with judgment upon you because you're an un, you're a sinner. No, I, I come and say, look, you know, God is a mystery, but he's awesome. He's completely changed my life, and I don't understand it. But this book is true, because why? It continues to come true in my life. Every time I apply the Word of God to my life, good thing happens. Every time I disobey the Word of God, bad things happen. I read it, he speaks to me off the page. That's never happened with really any other book. You know, but it's time that we spend with God that directs our steps. And sometimes when we become Christians and we start coasting in our lives, we start getting some of the things that we want. We forget about the one that got, gave us the stuff because we got the stuff. 
You know, and it's important that we are seeking Him in the good times, not just the bad. You know, and it's important that we're praying. We're praying about His will. I don't know what His will is. If you would have told me 10 years ago that this is what I'd be doing, I wouldn't have believed you. You wouldn't have convinced me in a million years. But as I continue to pray and I continue to listen to Him and I continue to obey Him, when I want to run, He tells me to sit still and I freak out and I get angry, but I keep myself still, that my life continues to grow and get better in spite of me. Every time I get afraid and I press into Him and tears are rolling down my face and I say, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. And I'm absolutely not trusting Jesus. But I'm speaking that into my own soul and I'm speaking it into my life and saying, I've got to trust Jesus. I've got to trust Jesus. And sometimes all I can do is sit still in the moment because everything inside of me is freaking out. It's in those moments of prayer that if I would have done it my way, we wouldn't be here tonight. You know, I'm a firm believer that my feet are way better at obeying Jesus than my brain is. I think it's because they're planted on the rock. My head's in outer space sometimes. But as I pray, God, your will be done. I pray it all the time. Your will be done. He sets me up for his will. That's not Tom's will be done. And a lot of times we want our own will to be done. You know, if you just give me what I want, Jesus, then I'll be happy. He's like, in the history of your life, every time you get what you want, you've never been happy. But every time you do it my way, you're overjoyed with what you get. It's so important that we're pressing into him for his will, not our own. Our will destroys us. Our will destroys the people around us. You know, the big book talks about that self-will run riot. I can choose my self-will at any moment. You know, I can take my will back and do my own thing. And it's normally not pretty. You know, I, you know, I also, I love the, the term that, that we're spiritually bankrupt. Because I have to make these continually deposits into my spiritual bank account. You know, a prayer, some Bible reading, some worship music, some spending time just kind of listening to God, some meditation, some, some acts of service. You know, denying my self-will, you know, turning my will over, doing random acts of kindness for people and not telling anybody. You know, little deposits in my spiritual bank account. You know, I pray throughout the day. Another deposit in my spiritual bank account. You know, I take my will back. A deposit, you know, I withdraw out of my spiritual bank account. You know, a trial happens and I need to pull on my spiritual bank account to get me through it. You know, it's a very clear term to me. Is The more that I pray and meditate and the more that I serve God, the more that I do His will, that I, I'm investing in something that I can't see but it makes me stronger because I know that I'm closer to God and that He's closer to me because I can feel Him and I can hear Him. You know, for me, many years ago, 
the revelation that I had about the fear of the Lord is that if I sin, that his presence lifts from me, not because he goes anywhere, but because I took off. And that fear kept me sitting still because I don't want to lose God. Now, God doesn't go anywhere. I'm the one that went somewhere. You know, and the second I come back to God and I say, God, forgive me for what I've done, that he is faithful and just to remove all unrighteousness, that the blood of Jesus washes the slate clean, that there is no condemnation in Christ, that instantly, instantly, I'm reconnected. But then I have to forgive myself. And my pride and my ego are constantly battling my spirit to keep me stuck. Because if my pride and my ego win that battle, I'll be back doing the same things that I'm trying to get free of. Because my flesh wants to sin. My spirit wants to connect to the Father. You know, and I have to say, Lord, give me the willingness to forgive. Give me the willingness to let go. And we have to recognize the, the, the spiritual attacks when the enemy comes in and tries to lie to us. And we say, Satan, get behind me. But it, it's so important that we realize that if my feet aren't following Jesus, if I'm not actively pursuing Jesus, and I say, Satan, get behind me, and my feet haven't moved, he's still right there because I haven't moved. He's still whispering, he's still talking, and I'm still listening to him. I, I'm trying to rebuke him, but I'm not moving towards Jesus. So I'm still trying to do it in my own strength. You know, in, in James 4, it says, resist the enemy and submit to God. And as I submit to him, as I do it his way, as I follow him, deny myself and follow Jesus, that I don't have the strength to do that. In my flesh, that it will oppose the will of God. So as I deny myself more readily, and I'm praying and asking God for strength, as I'm pressing into Him, that my spirit becomes more in charge, my will is more submitted, that I begin to flow more freely towards the Father. And at any given day, I can wake up and say, Lord, today is yours, and in my you know, the time I get to work or by lunchtime, I'm taking my will back. I'm angry at somebody. I'm, you know, ah, oh, screw this player, you know. And all of a sudden, all the anger and confusion and everything just gets stirred up. We've all been there. You know, and, and it's so important that we're constantly recognizing these things, taking a moment, sit still, pray, let the, the voice of the Holy Spirit kick back in. You know, call somebody if we need to and be like, I'm struggling right now. Text. And like, you know, we should have a community around us that basically knows everything that we're going through on a regular basis. That you can send a text to somebody and say, I'm struggling. Will you pray? And that person basically knows what you're asking for. And if we don't have those types of people in our lives, then we need to gain some people like this in our lives. Because we can't fight this fight all alone. The enemy tries to isolate us. He tries to get us alone. And then he just hammers on us. You know, all the thoughts, all the bombarding thoughts. And we have to hold every thought captive and bring it back to the obedience of Christ. But if we're not spending time with Christ, we're not spending time in his word, that we think these thoughts are our own thoughts. And most of the time, the things that we're thinking aren't our own thoughts. 
It's our time that we spend in prayer and meditation that helps us to continue to pursue God and His will for our lives. And the power to carry that out. That we don't have to accomplish His will in our own strength. That is amazing to me. Because if it's left up to us, how many days are we just so overwhelmed and tired? And we're like, it's like 9 a.m. I just want to go back to bed. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to deal with the kids. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. But I got to. And we take the next step forward and be like, okay, here we go. Where do we gain that power when we don't have it? Lord, I need you to refresh me. Lord, I need you to fill me up. I need your strength that I can boast in my weakness, that he is going to get me through it. That if, I, if we can't stop in those moments and say, Lord, I need you, that I just push through in my own strength, most likely I'm going to end up in sin because I'm tired of this and I, I reach for a coping mechanism. And maybe it's not a horrible coping mechanism. Maybe I'm not smoking crack again, but I'm doing something smaller and one little, one little, you know, next thing you know, I'm getting farther and farther away from God because, you know what, these donuts are looking really good on a regular basis. Oops, I gained 20 pounds. I rebuke you, devil. I'm like, put the donut down. I rebuke the spirit of salt. You know, like, no. <laughs> Stop eating unhealthy food. That's your choice. And we're rebuking devils and pulling down this and that. And, you know, it's like, get some accountability in your life and stop doing some of the things that you know you're not supposed to be doing. Like, we make everything out to be this super crazy spiritual thing. And a lot of times it's like, just resist the enemy and submit to God. But also it's just like, you know what's right and what's wrong, but we choose wrong. Paul talks about it in Romans 7. Why do I keep doing the things that I don't want to do? Why can't I do the things that I want to do? I have this sin nature. Me. The devil is not concerned with me and my Chinese food. I guarantee it. <laughs> but it's got to eat the strength not to eat this right now. Like, I really want it. Well, the more I meditate on what I want and not want is the, gravi- the way I'm going to go. I really want this. I really want this. I really want this. At some point, I'm going to like, I'm going to go do it doesn't matter what it is. If I'm not asking God for strength to turn my sin nature to His will, my sin nature will win that every single time. I do not have the power in of myself. My willpower is not strong enough to resist my willpower. Like, it's a losing battle. I need to ask His power to come into me and to give me strength. Every one of us in here has an area in our lives that we don't want to do anymore. And we probably do it on a regular basis. But the question is, is how much are we praying about that? How much are we looking up scriptures about that? How much are we asking other people to hold us in accountability and asking them to pray for us in this area? So are we really seeking prayer as a solution, seeking Jesus as a solution, or am I still trying to do it in my own strength because I don't really want to stop and I just really want to do it? I just want to complain that I don't want to do it. And when we get honest with ourselves and how unholy we really are 
and how much we really need Jesus, that I'm a saint saved by grace, but I am absolutely a wretch. That it's so important that we realize that we need to have this conscious contact with God on a regular basis, not just 15 minutes in the morning, not 15 minutes before we go to bed, but all day long. Paul talks about prayer without ceasing. He went out through his day asking for the Lord to guide each and every one of his steps. You know, and we have to realize that it's this conscious conversation with the Lord. That at any given moment, we can shift gears. That we can be in the middle of work. That we don't have to get down our knees and cross our fingers, say some certain sort of prayer. We can be praying as we're doing stuff. We can click into our relationship with God and be like, oh, Jesus, give me strength because I want to punch this person in the face. Jesus, I just want to quit right now. Jesus, I'm, I'm about ready to walk out of work. Jesus, I really want that donut. And we can begin to talk to God consciously in our mind on a regular basis. It, it isn't prayer, isn't this, this, I have to sit down, although that's a different type of prayer, and I encourage it that you set some time aside and, and really press in. But we also should be asking for His power and His strength throughout our day. You know, we should be spending time in our Word so that we can hear Him speak into our lives. You know, and like I, I said last week, that there's going to be days that you can't get there. You know, we have a little routine in the house that we get up and we read our Bible and we pray almost every morning. But there's times that I'm up and I'm running. And I don't get that time. So what do I do? Just, oh, I didn't get my prayer and Bible time, so today's to the wind. And, you know, I get to do whatever I want to do. No, i got to be praying as I'm going. And i got to learn that my relationship with God is this organic thing that at any moment I can tap into it. You know, I listen to worship music all day long. You know, because I want God to be hanging out with me. You know, each and every one of us has to choose on how much time we want to spend with Him. You know what? And to be honest, I wish that I could spend more time with him, but life's life and you got to do things. But I think that it's so important that we're praying for his will to be done in our lives and we should also be praying for the things that we desire in our lives. I don't think that there's nothing wrong with that, but we also have to realize that it's his will be done. You know, I've been praying for over a decade to get married. It didn't happen. Well, I guess Jesus isn't real. No, it's his will, not mine. His timing, not mine. You know, there's certain things that we pray about, but we have to release it to his timing. His will be done. You know, and there's other times that things just kind of fall into place. But as we're praying on a regular basis, we're far more flexible to his will than our own. If we're not praying... We're more rigid, and it's harder to do His will because we don't like to surrender or submit, so we're constantly fighting. You know, I, you know, none of us are ever going to be perfect in this. You know, I, but it's important that we start spending a little bit more time than we are. 
you know, that, and maybe you have a, a routine, you know, and that's great. Keep doing it. <coughs> you know, if you don't have a routine and you're, you're curious about this, ask somebody and say, I, I need some help. You know what? You know, and whatever you are comfortable with, start there. You don't have to pray for six hours. You know, but if you're not praying at all, pray for 10 minutes. If you're praying for 10 minutes, try for 20 minutes. You know, if you're praying for 15 minutes, try to go 30 minutes. You know, and so on and so forth, saying, God, I need you. I want you in my life. I'm ready to spend a little bit more time with you because I, I need you to change this. I need you to change me. I need you to figure out what your will is for me in this season because I am confused and everything's going the wrong direction. But maybe he's tearing things down to get your attention because you haven't been spending time with him. Or maybe it's just a trial because that's life on life's terms. Not everything that we do is because we did something bad. You know, and learning what's really going on. Because religion will say that there's something going wrong with your life, you must have sinned. But that's not always true. Life has trials. Stuff happens. It's out of our control. God moves things and shakes things and changes things. To let us know that he's in control and he is the source to whatever it is that we need or want. And we need to be hanging out and spending more time with him. And then when we start, things start falling into place and things start going in the right direction, we, it's so much more vital that we start hanging out with him more because we get this cockiness and we get this arrogance and we're like, look at me, I'm super holy. I know I'm not the only one that does that. We just pray less when things are going right. It's our human nature. Things are going wrong. Oof, get back to God quick. And it doesn't matter where we're at tonight. Whether you're having a good day or you're having the worst day of your life. Each and every one of us needs to be spending time in prayer. Each and every one of us needs to be pressing into Him and saying, What's your will? What's your will today? What's your will this month? What's your will this year? Where do you want me to go? And then throwing out our opinions. We make plans, but he orders our steps. And sometimes when he orders our steps and it goes against our plans, we throw a hissy fit. You know, and it's being able to surrender ourselves in those moments, saying your will be done. And the more we're doing that on a regular basis, the easier it will be when there's big life changes that happen. Because big life changes will happen. That's life. We're not here trying to, to get the perfect, you know, Christian life. There is no such thing. You know, he tells us over and over again through the word that you're going to suffer. The trials will come. Rejoice in it because you get more of me. Whee! So I just, you know, tonight's message, I just really encourage you, no matter where you're at, whether you think you're doing okay in this or you know you need to be working on it, every one of us just needs more Jesus. You know, he taught me a long time ago, he is the answer to every single question. My job is to figure out the question so he can be the answer. You know, and if he's not the answer, something other than Jesus is the answer, then I'm asking the wrong question. Just bow your heads with me. Lord, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, this is 
something every single one of us needs to do is spend more time with you. Lord, we pray that your will to be done in our lives. Lord, help us to align ourselves. Lord, help us to spend time in your word. Help us to hear your voice. Lord, help us to to truly fall in love with you again and again and again. Lord, help us not to drift from you. Teach us to do your will. Show us your will, Lord. Guide us. If there's anyone that hasn't heard your voice or hasn't experienced your presence, Lord, I ask that you would move right now in your powerful name, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would have your way guiding and healing, transforming, loving on us, Lord, when we feel like we're unlovable. There is such power in prayer. There is such power when we hear your voice speak into our situations. There is such power when we are consumed and in your presence. Lord, I ask that you would just fill each and every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Many, many, many.